Hello and uh, welcome to episode three of the CRCC podcast. Uh, in the last episode, we were discussing how investigations come about, um, how a breach might come to light, um, how it's reported or picked up by the authorities. So this week, we're going to turn the tables a little, look at things from the enforcement side and just see if we can get an insight as to how the agencies get cases in what their internal structures might be or how they cooperate with each other. So we're looking at the inside perspective this week. So I'm David Trapper, Managing Associate in the competition team, and I will be hosting the session using my experience of my time at the CMA as a platform to tease out some um, golden nuggets from our guest speakers today who have each have their own experience from inside a regulator. We've got Richard Sims, a partner in our financial markets litigation group who spent several years at the enforcement division of the FSA and the and we have Camilla De Silva a partner in our international crime group who was co-head of fraud and corruption at the SFO so we've got a great um, spread of experience uh, welcome to both of you thank you very much for joining um, first topic I just thought we'd pick up uh, on something we touched on last week which is own initiative investigations um, from a competition perspective, apart from leniency applications, third party complaints, um, one of the significant precursors to an enforcement action can often be a market study or investigation, a, a result of which you end up with a, a regulator who is armed with a wealth of knowledge. Um, and from then on, industry players are sort of under the gaze of a very well-informed regulator. Um, Richard, we've seen that with the FCA market study into asset management, of course. Um, so I'm going to put it out to both of you. Just, you know, what are the triggers and telltale signs from your perspective um, that a regulator may be considering an own initiative investigation? So, um, or perhaps more appropriate, what catches their eye and sort of tells them tells them where to look? Richard, if we go to you first with in relation to the FCA. Sure. Uh, thanks. Thanks, David. And um, you're right. The FCA does do market studies in the in the use of its competition powers. Um, that's obviously only one one area of activity for the FCA, and most of their um, activity is around enforcement of the FCA rules and the Financial Services and Markets Act, and so on, in relation to financial services regulation. And under that heading. The FCA have a number of, of different areas that they look at um, by way of thematic reviews. For example, um, currently culture is a particularly hot topic for the FCA. Uh, market conduct is yeah. always um, pretty important for them, and they'll look at um, they'll look to take um, particular cases that relate to those types of issue that they 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 want to get a message out to the market. So you tend to see. Um, pronouncements from the FCA in terms of what's interesting to them followed up and there's obviously a lag because it takes time to investigate these things with enforcement outcomes um, down the track. And Camilla how about how about from the SFO side um, is it, you know similar there or are there more additional telltale signs that you could pick up? Well, actually, David, it, it, it's not similar. So, you know, the SFO, I think, because it's an enforcement agency as opposed to a regulator, doesn't approach its casework in that same way. So they won't be doing market studies and the like. But what, what they will be doing is 
trying to join the dots, so join the intelligence and the evidence dots in terms of building investigations. So what the SFO would dearly love to do is to start generating more of its own work through its intelligence unit. So at the moment, a lot of their casework comes through either self-reports or whistleblowers or disgruntled competitors coming in to speak to the, the agency. And I think what it's really interesting doing is trying to build up from there. Um, but, but that won't come about through a market study, but it will come about through the intelligence that it that it has within the building. So I think the other way in which the SFO is interested in building its casework is by focusing on mining the data that it has already within its building. So I mean, it has a vast amount of data from various investigations that it's been working on. So what it's looking to do as part of beefing up the intelligence unit is working out um, investigations that have come from that. And we've seen a little bit of that, I think, in the past. So the cases that I worked on, I worked on the Rolls-Royce DPA and the Airbus DPA. And um, what you can see is there is some crossover in terms of those investigations. And the SFO will be looking at jurisdictions in common, looking at agents in common and corrupt public officials in common. And we've seen some of the crossover there. So you do, I think, inevitably get uh, some crossover. So what might look like a sector sweep, but it is, in fact, um, something that's born out, born organically out of the material that, and data, the evidence that the SFO has, as opposed to um, a proactive um, focus on a, on a sector um, it, that's come about through another means. And I should I should add, in in addition to the thematic work that the FCA does, there are also two other main routes probably that might end up in, in enforcement investigations. Um, one of those is through the FCA's own supervisory work in relation to specific firms. So obviously a lot of the work yeah. that they do, the bulk of the work that they do is in in the, the uh, non-contentious areas of supervision and ensuring that uh, they have oversight of what firms are doing. So things can come up through the FCA's own supervisory work that they decide require um, enforcement investigation. And the second route is that things um, are required to be reported externally to the FCA, for example, where a firm um, knows or suspects or has reasonable grounds to know or suspect that market abuse is going on, that is individually reportable to the FCA. Um, and so the FCA get, get cases in, if you like, through that route as well. So, so I think that brings us nicely on, on to then those instances that um, aren't brought about by the regulators themselves. They come from the parties subject of you know, the action themselves, so whistleblowing, leniency applications, whatever it might be. Um, from, from a competition's perspective, one of the things that the regulator would want to see when somebody comes through the door, as it were, uh, is to see that, first of all, they've got their house in order in terms of the con conduct at question that they you know for example if it's sort of cartel activity that it is it's come to an end um and that they've got sort of compliance processes and measures in place and they want to see things are under control the second well and equally as important they want to see um a cooperative sort of approach from the from the business itself so they'd want to see uh, um a, you know um efficient and, and proper interview sort of processes put in place internally uh they want to see the preservation of evidence they want to they want to see that you know that's obviously something that they're very hot on so um uh from sort of your perspectives in relation to the F fca and the sfo 
with your regulator hat on, what is it that the regulator would want to see um, from from those coming in with a compliance issue that might like that would likely turn into an enforcement case? What do you hit, want to hear from the businesses? Um, you know, when when they come through the door, if you go to you first, Camilla. So I think with businesses coming through the door with a self-report, what the SFO wants to, to hear is that it's a genuine self-report. So I think what the SFO is pretty fed up with is um, lawyers on behalf of corporates coming in to say, absolutely, we're looking to cooperate with the SFO on this and then do absolutely everything in their power to do the opposite of that. And the SFO's experienced quite a bit of that. Um, and so I think uh, it's a bit cynical about uh, some of that. So I think if you want to engage with the SFO, it makes sense to have your strategy in place from the start. So if you're going in with a self-report, I think it makes sense to have your strategy about what you're going to do in relation to that and how you're going to try as best as you can to control the relationship and work with the, the, with the enforcement agency. Uh, as opposed to try and um, just stymie them because I think they have that experience already. So I think very similar to what you've been describing, David, I think the expectation would be around a cooperative approach, um, some transparency in terms of what um, has been done to date in terms of an internal investigation, yeah. what the steps are um, going forward in terms of engagement and the steps the um, corporate is still looking to undertake. And then also some transparency over issues that might be coming up um, for the corporate. So the SFO has a heads up in terms of any executive moves or market announcements that are due, etc. So I think yeah. Um, kind of what we would expect to see. Um, I think the SFO is is getting more sophisticated in its expectations of corporates. Um, DPAs have been around now for five plus years. So I think, you know, certainly when I, I saw within the agency when I was there, quite a steep learning curve in terms of um, the SFO understanding how to engage with the corporate. And I think by now there is some understanding and expectation that, that, that they've um, that they've reached. So I think that that that's 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 where they're at in terms of the expectations if you're going through the door. Yeah, and uh, Richard, how about yourself? So the dynamics a bit different actually when it comes to the FCA because for regulated institutions they have a positive obligation to cooperate with the FCA um, enshrined in principle 11 of the principles of businesses and that's the requirement to be open and cooperative with the FCA and in fact other regulators and to um, provide to the FCA any information um, of which it would reasonably expect notice. So it's not a choice of whether or not to cooperate with the FCA, it's an obligation. Um, and the FCA have taken many cases in the past actually against firms for failing to comply with principle 11 um, and for not being sort of sufficiently open and cooperative uh, with them. So um, I think it depends really to get to, get to your question of in terms of how a particular FCA investigation has, has originated, because if it's one where actually the firm has gone in with a self-report cognizant of principle 11 and the very actually specific um, reporting obligations that also exist to tell the FCA specific things um, in chapter sub 15.3 of the FCA's handbook, where that's the case, I think what the FCA expects is that a firm will come to it um, with 
a pretty clear idea of what it is that it needs to tell the FCA. And I think what annoys um, the FCA is firms that under principle 11 come to them and say, oh, there's a problem, but we're not really sure what it is. And we haven't really thought about what we're going to do about it. That's the wrong approach. The better approach is to be coming to them saying, we've identified an issue. This is what we're doing. We'll come back to you in three weeks time or whatever is the appropriate time frame. Um, it's obviously different yeah. if you're on the receiving end of an FCA investigation that they've started of their own initiative. Um, and they come to you saying we've decided that that's something we want to investigate. You need to cooperate with the FCA then in the course of that investigation. But the dynamics perhaps a bit different where, where it's not a self-report. Yeah. It, well, and it seems so. It seems in all these sort of examples and instances, there's always, you know, the regulator does have the ability to distance the culpability of the you know, put a distance between the culpability of the individuals and the business. Um, and there's certainly, certainly from the competition perspective as well, there's a lot to be gained from how about you go the, how about you go into the authority or react when they come to you in terms of dictating, you know, whether there is a cooperative or confrontational sort of approach from, from there on. Um, and so I, th I think what you're, what you're both saying is that it is it is key to to show the right efforts in the right places in terms of doing you know the right things and um, and getting your house in order there um, um, and the the difference that that can make farther down the line seems seems pretty um, seems uh, seems pretty uh, significant. Um, okay, look, I'm looking at the time and I think that probably gets us uh, to the end of this week's podcast. I think there's been a couple of really good points. I think it's hopefully a couple of interesting takeaways for people to uh, to to pick out from that uh, and go away with a bit more familiarity about what those first uh, couple of weeks might entail and uh, pose a few questions for for. for those to consider if they're facing engagement with uh, any any one of those three regulators. Uh, so I'm going to say uh, thank you very much there uh, and um, thank you very much to the listeners and we look forward to putting out episode four of the podcast. Thanks very much both.